This is the Daily Perspective Podcast for Monday, the 15th day of March, 2021. Mark Congleton here at the mic, your sometimes humble host for this daily dose of observation, insight, and absurdity. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope that you and yours are well. And that things are looking good for you on this Monday. Yeah. Here at the studio, it's a Carpenter's Monday. It's a rainy day. <laughs> Some of you are going, what do you mean a Carpenter's Monday? It's a song reference. Hello. It's uh, <laughs> it's going to be rainy here today. We've got some, uh, actually, there's a chance of some nasty weather coming in this week. And uh, we're all kind of keeping an eye peeled because around here, tornadoes, tornadoes are a thing. And uh, it, it's something that we are sadly accustomed to. And we see the destruction in some way, shape or form every year. So we're kind of keeping an eye on that. But I hope where you are, everything is well. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope that... Uh, uh, you were able to unplug for a little while this weekend to take it easy and uh, to disconnect yourself from the insanity that's going on in the world today. Because it's important to do so. You should do it at least on the weekends. I think you should do it, if you can, on a daily basis, if it's at all possible. If it's at all possible. And uh, if you can't do that, then, mm, eh. I feel for you. It's important to get into the quiet from time to time. It just is. Um, looking at things to talk about today, uh, we're going to be we're just going to be dealing with COVID a bit today, and uh, I warn you that it, in advance because that's a lot that's being talked about. Because because President Biden, who I just don't like calling president because I don't believe he won legitimately, but Joe Biden has basically decided he's going to take ownership of uh, all of the success with regard to COVID-19. It's ridiculous because really all he's doing is coasting on what President Trump actually set into motion. And as such, he's, he's, he's got people saying, look what, it's fine. It's, it's so good to have a president. It's so good to have somebody actually doing something. And they, these people are blithering idiots. They're just blithering idiots because they, they don't acknowledge the success that had happened previously, which is a sad thing because president Trump actually did a lot of great things for this country may have been one of the greatest presidents we've ever had, but you'll never know that because those who, manage the flow of information are deeply biased hated him and were in favor of swamp politics because they are all progressives liberals leftists they're slightly different meanings but you get the drift the thing is that they're not telling you the whole truth and nothing but the truth and they never will because they're primarily interested in keeping you frightened, keeping you concerned, keeping you worried, because that keeps them on your radar all the time. And you will be looking to them for updates on whatever you're afraid of. And the politicians on the left will then be taking advantage of that fear and stepping forward to say, we're here to help. 
And thus we have our situation in America today. Because even though COVID is real, it's a serious problem. The entire pandemic thing, I cannot come away with any other conclusion than it is a political manipulation on a worldwide scale. And that governments around the world have been utilizing it to secure more power and more control in nation after nation in an effort in an effort this sounds crazy but this is what i say what i see in an effort to move things in a direction where the entire world is operating by the same playbook even though each nation is different each each culture is different each set of peoples has their own needs and desires and and aspirations progressives slash socialists slash communists want that all to be lumped together and controlled centrally because they believe that they know better for everyone. Now on a smaller scale, we're watching that happen here in the United States of America. And we'll touch on that a little bit in a little bit uh, with the comments of uh, Senator Rand Paul about Dr. Anthony Fauci, about how he is, has been lying to the American people for their own good which is something I see happening, and I think you probably see happening as well. We'll also be touching on what's happening in Florida, where Governor DeSantis has had a, a few words to say about Biden's idea about re possibly reinstating lockdowns. New York and California, it looks like they're going to take a step in a direction that I predicted a while back, and it's not surprising, really. And I think it is the first step in a series of steps which are coming for our nation and for the world. Let's see, what else is there? Uh, we may get to um, a bill going through the House in Idaho that lets some staff at schools carry guns. Which, in spite of the fact that some would have you scared to death about that possibility... It's actually a good thing. We'll see how that pans out. Maybe we'll get to it. Hopefully we can. And also, the Democrats are trying to steal a seat from a sitting GOP congresswoman. Someone who won by a scant six votes. But she won. And were she a Democrat, they would be fighting tooth and nail to preserve her seat. But since she's not a Democrat, they're trying to take it away from her and give it to a Democrat. Maybe we can look at that a little bit later on. Hopefully, we'll have time. Hopefully. But first up, no big stories from the weekend. Not a big weekend for me or for uh, for Jane. It was uh, we stayed kind of uh, low key this weekend. It was uh, you know business as usual. I did. I mentioned the lawnmower. The other day on Friday, I mentioned the lawnmower and right now sitting out in the uh, just outside the garage door at the at the house is a John Deere riding lawnmower. And it is a beast compared to the one I had before compared to the old Cub Cadet. <laughs> it was on its last legs and uh, <laughs> and uh, it uh, I actually used it to tow the, the Cub Cadet up my steep driveway out to the trailer where my buddy Mike loaded it up to take it off to go live on a farm in the country. 
if you get my drift. And uh, <laughs> and uh, it's a. Uh, I meant to do some mowing with it this weekend, and life got away from me. I've been doing. God, actually, I've been in here. I have been in here probably most of the weekend, um, working on various projects, sitting here editing audio and and uh, searching the web for things to uh, to put together to edit into audio. And it's just been a crazy weekend as far as I'm concerned. And it's one of those weekends where I sit down and realize, oh, I could do this. And then I start working on it. And then I come up with more ideas. And then before I know it, three or four hours has passed. Uh, that happened Saturday because uh, Mike was bringing the mower over. And I sat down in the studio and started working on a piece of audio that uh, this piece of audio is like six or seven seconds long. And I started working on it and looking at videos, looking for ideas because, you know, in the creative process every now and then you need, you need some fresh inspiration. You need something to give you a little jab and get you to thinking, Oh yeah. If I go this way, if I do that, if I double this up here and I pan this over here and I make this sound like a telephone there and, and you do different things and everything, everything takes on a different life and it becomes, it becomes, it, it gets a certain sparkle that you didn't have before. And so I'm in here doing that and I get a phone call. Are you home? <laughs> it's Mike asking me if I'm home <laughs> because I've, I've got the, I've apparently I've got the ringer on the phone turned off. It's not chiming through with text messages, the doorbell, which by the way, is a, it's a ring doorbell, which is connected via Wi-Fi to everything in the world. It doesn't have the new Wi-Fi setup that I put with the new internet uh, setup I have at the house. And, and so I didn't get a notification that he was at the front door. He's been ringing the front door, but he's been there for 10 minutes. He's already unloaded the, the, uh, the he's already unloaded the, the lawnmower, the lawn tractor. He's brought it down to the garage door. He's, he's finally, he's finally called me up. Are you here? <laughs> <laughs> it's because I got so soaked, sucked into this that I was just focused on it and, and just totally missed the fact I was, I heard noise. Um, I heard noise outside, but I didn't think it was him. I thought it was, you know, trucks moving up and down the street because it's a weekend. People are doing things. They're, they're having things delivered to their houses and it's coming up on spring and people are doing things in their yards. And I just didn't think anything about it. And next thing I know, there's, there's Mike with the lawnmower. <laughs> anyway, that came and, um, <laughs> and so that was a good thing. And what else was there? I not, not much else. That was it for the weekend. It was, I spent a lot, as I said, I spent a lot of time in the studio working on creative projects and, 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 uh, there will be more of that because this little, the side project I've been talking you to you about is getting larger and larger by the, by the week. And, uh, so I'm going to be spending more and more time on that, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, bless his heart. He's a patient. He's a good man. Mike is He's a good man. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but here we are at another week and who knows what's going to come this week because this administration, I, I have to, I have to characterize these people that are in charge right now, a certain way. And, and here it is. They're leftists. I would say, I would say most likely many of them are dedicated to communism. And 
they have a they have a goal and that goal is to is to implement their way of life here in the United States of America regardless of what you or I think and what they've been waiting for is enough power and control politically speaking in order to make that happen now we have a law that overrides everything in our nation everything we do it's called the constitution our constitution establishes establishes certain principles which may not be violated and it says many times that congress shall not do certain things and this is this is so because those who framed the constitution who put it together through all of the debate, all of the hashing things out that they did, their disagreements, their compromises and such, they all acknowledge the fact that poli- politics and politicians are, are dangerous things. And that given the opportunity, they will take power and they will never give power, power back. And so it is written many times, Congress shall not, or Congress shall make no law. The First Amendment. Congress shall make no, go- no law regarding the freedom of speech. You know, freedom of speech, rel- uh, religion, the Second Amendment, talking about the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. These things are meaningless to lawless people. So we have a group of people in Washington, D.C. who ignore the Constitution because it's inconvenient for them. Barack Obama said so himself. It was a document of negatives. It prevents government from doing the wonderful things government could be doing for the people. So many things government could do, but the, the, the Constitution prevents it from doing so. That's by design. Because our founders didn't want people like Barack Obama to have that much power and control. Well, people who ignore the law and do whatever they darn well please are called criminals. And right now, the people running our nation in Washington, D.C. are doing whatever they darn well please. They're ignoring the law of the land and they're pushing forward with their plans, lying to the people every step of the way and assuring them that it's all for their good. They're criminals. It's the Daily Perspective Podcast. Hi. How are you? It's the Monday edition. Oh, it's a gray day, man. I keep looking out the studio windows here. And uh, after all the sunshine we've had, this is just depressing. Oh, my word. I want more sunshine. But if this, uh, if the rain washes all of the junk out of the air, it'll make my sinuses happy. I can handle that. All right. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm texting back and forth with the with with my partner on this project I'm working on. Where he's 
it's a, it's a, okay. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm wondering how people are finding what I'm working on. That's the thing. It's kind of exciting, actually, when you think about it. But um, because I get this email report back from uh, from a hosting service where where I'm working on this project, and they're telling me, you know, uh, the number of total total people who have who've been listening to this project and how many unique there are, and I'm just like, who are these people? Anyway, um, <laughs> I'll let you know more about it in the near future, okay? It's, it's actually kind of exciting. Um, let's see here. Back to the criminals in Washington, D.C. I've called these people criminals for a long time because it, it just what they've done has just rubbed me the wrong way. Now, terming, terming it the way I just did before the break about drawing the drawing the correlation between people who let's see somebody who would hold you at gunpoint and take your wallet and, or break into your home or steal your car or rob a store or rob a bank or anything like that those people they they don't care see that's the big thing about gun control these uh, the politicians trot these ideas out saying we're going to we're going to end the problem by banning this type of firearm these firearms, these weapons of war shouldn't be on the street. It doesn't matter that there are no weapons of war on the street unless criminals have somehow gotten automatic, fully automatic weapons, and they're using them on the streets. The, the weapons they're targeting are, are standard rifles wearing costumes, so to speak. They, they look like military weapons. They're styled like military weapons. On the inside, they operate just like a hunting rifle. And that's the thing. They aren't weapons of war, but the liars in Washington, D.C. want you to believe they are, and they want you to believe that a new law will keep these weapons from being used on the street. And the point I want to make about that is that the people using these weapons to commit crimes won't care if there are new laws passed to prevent them from committing crimes. Why? Because they're criminals. This is what they do. Well, in Washington, D.C., the only difference is that instead of, instead of holding you at gunpoint and just taking your stuff and, and verbally abusing and possibly f- physically abusing you to get what they want, they talk down to you and tell you that they know better how to manage things and that these things are all so complex you don't understand how this works. Please leave this to the experts. They tell us this <laughs> while they are <laughs> while they are ignoring the law. The law says they can't do what they're doing. Like Diane Feinstein, for example, is doing this this stuff now. She's she's uh, submitted. I can't remember the exact number of exact of of actual models, names, and models of of uh, semi-automatic rifles that she wants to ban just because they dress like military rifles. Like it's like it's like banning it's like banning comic books because Comic Con offends you. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's, like, it's like banning costumes because you don't like comic books. It's just, it's that level of stupid is what it is. 
but they, they're trying to convince people that this will make you safer when actually it won't. It will either make no difference whatsoever or it will make you less safe because in some extreme situations, it might be to your advantage to have one of these banned weapons should you be attacked by someone with one of these banned weapons. So they're not making anybody safer. They're just pretending to, and they're lying to the people the entire time. They're condescending. They're saying, you don't understand. All of the research says, and they're lying to you. So they're doing exactly what some con artist would do to get you to invest in, in a development and then run off with your money. It's, it's the same sort of a thing. They have no compunction about lying to you, about doing what they want to do, and it doesn't matter to them that there are laws in place which prevent them from doing so. And that's the similarity. Because the guy who holds you up while you're trying to dig for your keys for your car in that dark parking lot doesn't care about the law which says he can't do that. He's going to do it because he wants what you have. The criminal in Washington, D.C. doesn't care that the Constitution says he or she cannot do what they're planning to do. They just want to, the result they want, and they're willing to do whatever it takes to get that result. So, the way I see them, they are behaving as criminals, and so they are criminals. That's what they are. And you can see this pattern play out in every nation. Every nation which has surrendered to socialism in some form. The people are idiots. The elite politicians are the wise people. And their guidance is needed. And the people and the, the politicians don't care about any laws which have been put in place to, to protect the people because things need to change. It doesn't matter. And that's what we're dealing with in D.C. And that is what Donald Trump worked for four years to expose. In that sense, as I've said before, he did drain the swamp. He lowered the murkiness and the confusion enough by making them angry. And when they became angry, they began acting out. And when they began acting out, people, people's eyebrows went up and they said, these are not good people. And so in 2020, the Democrats lost about 15 seats in government. And miraculously, their presidential candidates still won. Things that make you go, hmm. Well, President Biden is now dishonestly taking ownership of the pandemic as the recovery gains steam. He, and it's setting benchmarks for the public to judge him on after weeks of complaining that former President Donald Trump left him nothing on the virus front. You see, Biden is lying, has been lying. Every time he speaks, he lies. Every time. Including that 20 or so minute long lie from the other night, from last week, last Thursday night. He started out by lying saying that there was nothing left for him from the previous administration, that they did nothing to prepare the nation. And the truth of the matter is that everything that's happening right now, everything, is the momentum. It's the result of the momentum of what Donald Trump put into motion. 
And the Biden administration is just riding the momentum. That's all that's happening. Joe Biden's ordering all states to make all adults eligible for COVID-19 vaccines by the 1st of May. He frames it as a prelude to Independence Day get-togethers that'll provide a sense of normalcy. That's a, I, that's a notable shift in what he's moving. In, in he's moving beyond gripes about his president, predecessor and, he, and placing bets, if modest ones, on what's possible. But many of us heard him say, if you behave... If you're nice, maybe you can get together with your family for the 4th of July. And we all thought, How dare you? Yep. How dare you? Tucker Carlson even said so. How dare you? And as I said the other day, Oh, trust me, there will be barbecues. We will be getting together. We never stop. And that's the point. People kept, most people, normal, rational, sane people, kept living life as normally as possible. And when it came to having family get-togethers, most of us never stopped. We had Thanksgiving. We had Christmas. We had Fourth of July last year. At least our family did. I think yours may have as well. And for him to to dangle that out there like a carrot and say, essentially, oh, if you're good kids, you can have a barbecue? Oh, come on. It's the Daily Perspective Podcast. Monday, March 15th, 2021. Okay, back to what I was talking about before. The uh, I got sidetracked. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. And Joe Biden telling me, well, if I'm a good boy, then maybe I can have a family barbecue on July 4th. How dare you? I mean, seriously. Come on. The arrogance. And, and the people... The people on social media, oh, it's such a relief to have a real president. I'm so, com- it's just so comforting and so relieved. I'm just, I, I just, please continue to lock yourself up in your house. Okay, just please do because <laughs> it's like the t-shirt. I, you maybe you've seen it, the t-shirt that says, uh, when, all this, when all this pandemic so- stuff is over, there's some of you, I still want to keep your distance. Because... <laughs> Okay, um, let's see. Um, <laughs> gosh. Moving forward, <laughs> Ross Baker, he's a political science professor at Rutgers, says it's always good politics to lay down deadlines you're bound to meet. It's even better when you set those deadlines so far in advance you can claim credit for their early achievement. And he's talking about Biden setting deadlines like the 4th of July and stuff like that wants to wants to set this goal and have all these uh, COVID-19 facts uh, vaccines done by May 1st right set those you know you're going to meet them and the reason they know they're going to meet the deadlines is because this is already been it's already been in motion as I said before the Trump administration laid the groundwork 
got the ball rolling in a big way and basically made everything happen that's happening right now. And the Biden administration has condemned the Trump administration and taken credit for everything the Trump administration put into motion. That's what's happening in America right now. Now, gas prices have gone up. What? What is it? Um, it seems like just a couple of weeks ago, but I know it was longer ago than that. Uh, when uh, before the inauguration, gas was one eighty nine around here. It's two sixty five now. At the at the gas stations by the interstate, where the prices are always a little bit higher, because where else are you going to go? Do you, are you going to drive way off the interstate to find a lower price? No, you're not. You're going to buy it right there when you're traveling. So, two sixty five. It's up from one eighty nine to two sixty five. A, a few cents is no big deal, but when you start getting up into close, all getting over. <laughs> When you get up, when you get over sixty cents a gallon, close to seventy cents a gallon, you're on your way to a dollar more a gallon. It starts adding up, and and it makes it more difficult for you to function because you're spending more money on getting from place to place. If you drive a lot, well, that's just one thing. Jobs are going away. Things are. You've seen what happened with the closing down of the pipeline. Thousands of jobs lost. We learned last week that that. Uh, there was a new tax placed on businesses whose CEOs make more than a million dollars a year. And please don't be deceived. You may be, you may think, well, those are big businesses. Not necessarily, not necessarily. Those people are not necessarily those business. That's not You would be surprised how many businesses in your city have CEOs that make about a million bucks a year. So that means those businesses with those CEOs can't deduct, this law says that they can't deduct the cost of doing business in the form of the payment to their employees, the salaries. That's a deduction. It's a cost of doing business. So if they can't deduct that cost of doing business, where, what do they do to save that money? They start cutting jobs. Their business size decreases, possibly goes under. They raise their prices. They do everything they can to make it. But the bottom line is there are going to be some people who lose their jobs. And that kind of decision-making is what is really going on in the Biden administration. That is the hallmark of the Biden administration. The success on the virus front is not. They're diametrically opposed to each other. The failure to do things to help Americans is what's actually going on in the Biden administration. They're just taking credit for the successes put into motion by the Trump administration. They're lying to you. And that is what Ross Baker, the political science professor at Rutgers, is talking about when you set good, it's good politics to lay down deadlines you are bound to meet. The ball is all already, already rolling. We know it's going to pass these particular markers at certain times. So you set the goals knowing it's already going to happen. It's deceptive. But that is leftist politics. Now, others say that Joe Biden's coasting on that head start from Mr. Trump's Operation Warp Speed, which is what I'm saying to you right now. 
he needs to set loftier goals if he wants credit for the recovery. Well, he may set loftier goals, but he won't meet them because government is bad at everything it does. The reason that Trump's, Trump's efforts were succeeding is because this is a guy who's been successful in the real world, doing business, where it really counts and really matters, where there are real consequences to getting it wrong. You see, in Washington, D.C., there really aren't any consequences to getting it wrong. When you get it wrong in D.C., you blame other people, and you run against them again and blame other people. You blame all your failures on the other party. There are very few consequences, even if you're caught red-handed doing something despicable, as we're seeing happen in New York with Governor Cuomo. There are very few consequences. Moving forward. Paul Mango. He played a key role in vaccine development during the Trump administration. He said Joe Biden's May 1 command is not groundbreaking. He told the Washington Times, we were fully anticipating opening up to anyone at that point such that everyone who wanted one could be vaccinated by the end of the second quarter. Separately, the market will likely beat Biden to this date. I think we'll see states opening up vaccines to anyone by mid-April. He said Mr. Trump's team conceived the vaccine-producing pact between Johnson & Johnson and Merck before Mr. Biden sealed the deal and highlighted the previous administration's support for the Nova, Novavax vaccine that's reporting solid trial data. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy wants the Biden administration to lean into gains and reopen schools and businesses faster while tightening up the border to avoid setbacks. A Washington Times survey found families coming across the border are testing positive for the coronavirus at between three times and ten times the rate of the U.S. population. McCarthy tweeted, President Biden's plan is to rely on the work that's already been done by Operation Warp Speed. That's why only 9% of his relief bill went to defeating the virus. So, if they want to actually kick things into higher speed and they want to succeed, they should close the border. Because the infection rate coming across the border is so much higher. They need to keep those people out of this country to boost the, boost the success rate. But they won't do that because those people are, in their minds, Democrat voters. As it stands, more than 100 million shots have been administered into the U.S., into U.S. arms. That means that uh, Biden has easily leaped over his goal for the first 100 days of his presidency. The U.S. was administering roughly a million, a million shots per day when Trump gave way to Mr. Biden. Biden, by the way, didn't mention Trump by name during a primetime address last week to mark the pandemic's first year. He did all, though, blame him for everything wrong without using his name. But the reason that Biden easily leapfrogged that goal for the first 100 days is that Operation Warp Speed was already running at warp speed. The Trump administration succeeded. The Biden administration just took credit for it. And back to that snub, White House Press, Press, uh, Secretary, uh, Press Secretary Jen Psaki, 
<laughs> circle back Saki, said vaccine development, quote, was a Herculean, incredible effort by science and by medical experts. And certainly we have applauded that in the past, and we are happy to applaud that again. But I would say there is a clear difference, and there are clear steps that have been taken since the president took office that have put us on, in a trage trajectory that we were not on when he was inaugurated. And leadership starts at the top. And what's she talking about? She's talking about mask wearing. She says it includes mask wearing. It includes acknowledging there's a pandemic. It includes getting a vaccine in public. What she's talking, okay, she is implying that President Trump did a disservice to Americans by not wearing a mask sometimes in public. She's saying he didn't acknowledge there was a pandemic. He most certainly did. And they're fixated on this fact that President Trump didn't get the vaccination on camera for the public to see. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he have COVID-19? And didn't he recover from COVID-19? Was it actually necessary for him to get the vaccine? Or is political theater more important than reality? I know that's a silly question. Mr. Trump reminded the public he kicked off the vaccine push in a recent statement that resembled one of his old tweets. Some think he might have helped his cause by getting vaccinated in public on camera instead of doing it off camera in January. But the thing is that everybody knew he was vaccinated. It was in the news. Or did you see that? Did they report it? Did they let people know like they made a big fuss over Joe Biden getting it done on camera? The answer to that question is no. All of this disingenuousness, all of this political theater, just goes to show that the current administration is lying to America at every turn, at every opportunity, and taking credit for success that is not theirs. But, please, don't worry too much about it because they're going to fall flat on their face very soon. They're going to fail in a big way, but you'll have to dig to learn about it. Ah, yeah. Wow, look at the time. Wrapping up a Monday here, the final segment. Senator Rand Paul was on with Laura Ingram the other night. And she asked him, Senator, you've been one of the few lawmakers who directly call out Dr. Fauci's lies. Are people afraid to question him? And if so, why? Well, it's the science and people are afraid of, you know, scientists and he's put on a pedestal. But you have to remember that his lies are noble lies, Laura. He's not telling you this because he's a mean man. He's telling you lies because 
he feels sorry for you because you don't understand and Americans aren't smart enough to make informed decision. So he fashions himself some sort of Greek philosopher. He tells you these noble lies. So at first he told you that all the masks don't work, but he told you that because he wanted to protect the N95 masks, which actually in a health setting do work. But then later on he said all masks do work, but that's also a lie also because really only the N95 masks work. But it's a compilation of lies, but they're all done to protect you because he doesn't think you're smart enough to make any of these decisions on your own. Well, to show you so far out of touch that uh, President Biden is, he says he's going to let us get together with two or three people from our family July 4th. Has he not met anybody? Nobody, everybody How is making their you? own decisions now where we are forced to comply with Dr. Fauci and his Fauciisms. we do, but in private, most of us are doing what we want, when we want, and have been for a long, long time. We do try to take precautions, but to tell you the truth, none of the state mandates or state lockdowns have had any influence. And I hope we will study this in an objective way, because you can sequentially look at the date when each mandate was passed, when the mandates got ratcheted up, and you can look at the incidence of the disease. And what you find is, is that they're proportional meaning that the more mandates we got, we got the more disease we got. Now, the mandates didn't cause the disease, but there's no evidence that the mandates slowed down the disease at all. Zero evidence of it. Lockdowns didn't Take work. Yeah, look at Europe. Look at Europe with their yeah. third wave now. How, how the lockdowns work for Italy. Mm, yeah. Then he gave former President Trump some uh, credit for the coronavirus vaccine rollout in record time. He said... President Trump was criticized for a lot of things, but one thing he did do was shake things up in the bureaucracy. He didn't take no for an answer. I think his personality actually did force the issue on the vaccine, probably helped get helped it to get done in record time. Now, last summer, Senator Paul challenged Dr. Fauci on several occasions about his coronavirus recommendations as a member of the president's White House Coronavirus Task Force. Last May, he said, I think we ought to have a little bit of humility in our belief that we know what's best for the economy. And as much as I respect you, Dr. Fauci, I don't think you're the end all. I don't think you're the one person that gets to make the decision. We can listen to your advice, but there are people on the other side saying there's not going to be a surge and that we can safely open the economy and the facts will bear this out. And last June, he accused Dr. Fauci of politicizing the coronavirus pandemic, saying, all of this body of evidence about schools around the world shows there's no surge. All of the evidence shows it's rare. I mean, we're so politicized that we've so politicized this and made it politically correct. And he is right on target. It's a bullseye. He nails it. It's all politicized. The COVID vaccine, the COVID, the COVID pandemic, everything, all of it is being used for political purposes. And to deny that is to basically deny reality. These politicians are using fear to keep people pliable and manipulative, to be able to manipulate people, I should say. And they know that when people are afraid, they'll give government, give government the authority to do whatever it wants to do because they have been essentially trained to put their trust in government. And that is why when you look around, your friends are saying, well, the CDC says this, and the president says this, and the scientists say this. They're quoting the sources which have been approved 
by the government. Well, let's just look at this from a slightly different angle. What if the government's wrong? What if? Just think about it from that angle. What if they're wrong? Oh, I know, it's a big stretch. It might require some real imagination, but what if the government is wrong? What if this isn't really as bad as they say it is? What if the numbers we're being told, this 530, close to 530 million people who've died from the COVID-19 virus, what if a vast number of that number, what if a vast number of those people didn't actually die of COVID-19? Hmm. What if there was no surge? What if there was never really a surge coming? What if wearing masks, unless it was the N95 grade mask, is actually worse for you than helpful? What if you really aren't sparing the people around you by wearing a mask because your germs are still blowing out all around the sides of it? What if that cloth mask you keep shoved in your pocket or your purse and keep using over and over and over again is just collecting bacteria and actually making you sick? What if nothing you've been told by the approved sources is actually realistic? It's just politics. What if these are things that you and I probably consider, but your liberal leftist progressive friends don't? Oh, the experts would never lie to us. Really? Really? You see, government politicians, specifically leftist politicians, have a pretty bad pa a track record when it comes to being honest with the people. Honesty goes out the window when they realize honesty will damage their cause. And so they're not going to tell you the truth about things. They just aren't. Because it's more important to be in control. Here's an example of control. We're told by, by people in the, in the leftist wing of government that requiring an ID to vote is racist, that it's oppressive, that it is voter suppression. We're told that requiring people to present an ID to go into a poll, to cast a vote, suppresses the vote. And yet, one of the most liberal, progressive states in the United States of America, New York, requires you to present an ID in order to get your COVID vaccination. Wait, what? Yes, you heard me. 
a state or government-issued ID is required. Driver's license, passport, any legal proof of your date of birth and residency in that state, it's required. The argument is that requiring an ID prevents against vaccine tourists, people who would come to New York to get the vaccine from other states or countries who aren't eligible as a New York State resident. So requiring an ID keeps that kind of fraud at bay. But that's literally what voter ID does. Presenting an ID confirms you are, in fact, eligible to vote at that location and in that election, it prevents fraud. You might even say it prevents against voting tourists, right? And we know that happens because we've, we've seen so many reports of people saying, yeah, I've seen, I saw bu- a busload of people from the next state over unload out here and go vote. We've had, we've, every time there's an election, a major election, we get that story. So by their own definition, New York requiring an ID to get the vaccine is actually vaccination suppression. Is the New York Department of Health being racist by expecting people to present an ID that proves your name and date of birth? Or is it only racist when it comes to voting? It's not just New York. It's also California. Disneyland just announced. They will be able to open at limited capacity in April, but only to California residents. And guess what they're going to require in order to enforce this, this rule? State or government-issued ID to prove that you are a resident of the state of California. So is requiring an ID, a state ID, to prove that you live in the state of California, is that theme park attendance suppression? Is Disneyland being racist by expecting people to present an ID that proves they live in California? Or is it only racist when it comes to voting? This is the brain of liberalism. They expect you to just blindly accept certain things. You see, in New York and California, these ID requirements are no different in any way, shape, or form to voter ID. None. None. Remember, the argument is that minorities, they don't know how to get ID. You see, the leftists think the minorities are even dumber than everybody else. And that should tell you everything you need to know. And that is the end of today's podcast. God bless you. Have a great Monday. Let's get together again tomorrow, shall we? We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Oh, we're, uh, we're done.